This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly sponsored by Colmeo Designs. Colmeo Designs is a bloody excellent lady startup created by a very talented mum, Yana. Colmeo Designs hand makes beautiful standout pieces of jewellery which will take your outfit from tired to inspired. Tragic to magic. Pedestrian to equestrian. <laughs> okay, we ran out. Visit Colmeo Designs, K-O-L-M-I-O, on Instagram and support an excellent local business. Listeners get 25% off at checkout by entering the code GOODSHEELERS. Fun fact about Bron. She is so bad at sending the right messages to people that when in the past she's thought a relationship is over, her boyfriends think it's the perfect time to make a grand romantic (laughs) wedding-style gesture, like standing under the Eiffel Tower for the whole day in France, which I don't know if you know, it's a different country to Australia, hoping to bump into her or renting out... The presidential suite of a five-star Melbourne hotel, mm. or how about getting her face tattooed on their chest? Yes, <laughs> you're very good at messaging, bro. Well, they're all idiots, are they? I don't like you. <laughs> This episode of Good Sheilas contains descriptions of family violence. If you're experiencing family violence and need help, please call 1-800-RESPECT. It's never okay to be unsafe. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron. A Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums, and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilers. Hey, mate. Hello, mate. School's back tomorrow. Tomorrow. Celebrate. Celebrate. How have you enjoyed this? Olive being home, going back to you one. Look, it's been a nice time, but I am ready. I'm ready for her to go back. And I think, like a lot of mums I've spoken to, have enjoyed it um, more than they thought they were going to. Not me. (laughs) Yes. Tell us about your time. It's been factored (laughs) by. But you've worked full time. I don't know how you've done it, mate. Like, you've worked full time and you've had. A psychotic, almost two-year-old, and a uh, like a prep, like a preppy. She's five. She's just started school, and then she's school said, "Get out." <laughs> Both gigantic fuckwits. I'm a much better mother when I see less of my children. Look, and that, yeah, that does sound really harsh, but you're right. Like it's true. But your dollars true, and also they have such different needs. And look, I think the nation will rejoice when school goes back. Everyone will like respect their teachers more. Uh, yeah. Everyone will like their kids more, and every kid might like something more. Maybe Who they'll cares? be more grateful. I hope not. I hope they're not. I, hope not. <laughs> I mean, I meant to say I hope so, but then I realized that they weren't going to be ever because they're children, and that's yeah. what they do. But I do, I do hope that they're grateful for something. Anything, anything. <laughs> Maybe this podcast. I'll make them listen to You're it. You're welcome, Olive. Yeah. Get involved. <laughs> so normally we talked about something that's in the news and something that's personal. However, 
the next two episodes, we're navigating relationships as we've lived them before and after COVID. And guess what? We're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, drunk as skunks. Yeah, because we do not know how to socialize anymore after COVID. We have no idea. You know, it helps Aldi Rosé. Oh, it's gorgeous. God bless you, Aldi Rosé. We're not going to glorify alcohol. Because it's bad and you should feel bad. But also, I feel great. I feel so good. (laughs) For now. Tomorrow, (laughs) Tomorrow, probably different. Bad, bad day. Yeah. We're bombarded with the stories of celebrities meeting, wedding, breeding, making up, and breaking up. Well, at least I am because I don't have a life beyond the search all section of Instagram. (laughs) But right now, Gigi Hadid is having a baby. She is. And you know what I thought? I thought, oh God, she is a baby having a baby. But guess what, Bron? We were pregnant at the same age. As Gigi. Yeah, and we looked exactly the same. I've never, I've never, oh no, I've always felt like we were the same person, but now I, it's confirmed. And the dad is the One Direction of our children, right? Oh yes, I definitely had sex with One Direction yeah, people. Every single one. <laughs> also, Mary-Kate Olsen of the Olsen Tiny Twins fame is getting divorced. Oh. So she married a super wealthy French banker who is just gigantic and huge. And she's so miniature. And I cringe every time I see a photo of them because it looks somewhat like someone hanging out with their really gigantic dad. Yeah, totally. And I know that we, we said we weren't going to talk about the media, but this one, this story really got me because she is a tiny, tiny woman. She's so tiny. With a enormous, enormous man that they, <laughs> that they actually don't even look like the same species. No. They don't. He just is this giant old, like he's in his 50s or 80s. 60s at least. <laughs> at least. And she's just, and then she, she's just dragging this fossil behind her. And I don't know how that tiny body has the strength because she looks 11. <laughs> she will always be 11. She's an Olsen twin. She is. they twins forever. But, yeah, you know, they're our age, mate. They're oh, our wow. age. 23 and then nothing sobering tonight mate but what what also is amazing is when people describe him they're like he's super wealthy he's super wealthy but she she her like fortune is like 50 million times more than his why'd she choose him i know they made like mary kate and ashley malibu mansion like that was a movie was it oh i remember remember the teenage ones that they're like and everyone was like yeah their hairstyles and they're so cool and they had really they'd have these really chase kisses with their on-screen loves and i just worshipped them yeah they were so beautiful they could have had fucking they could have had one direction what did the other one do oh i don't know ashley also married like did she marry a russian boxer I, I, I'm almost certain you made that up. I think it's real. You've made it up. COVID, COVID's done some fuck things to you, mate. But what about us plebs, though? Uh, this is a two-parter, you guys. This episode, we're going to talk about the relationship that... Right, sorry. Rosé. Relationships that made us and the relationships that broke us. We'll navigate teenage romance, giddy first loves, and violent men that made us afraid. We'll talk about the mortifying bits and all the ways that the idea of romance has made and failed us. So next time we're going to talk about our relationships now. We were both in similar places before the pandemic. Busy, distracted, running from the reality of our partnerships. Now that restrictions are lifting, one of us is happier than ever with her partner than she has ever been. 
and the other is starting to navigate her new life as a newly separated single parent of two small children. Mm. Who is who? Who is who? What we also want to talk about is how relationships are extremely different as we age. So I know, Claire, that our um, audience has a range of ages. So I know that my lovely aunties who are in their 60s listen to this and I know some younger people who are in their late teens Shout listen out to, to Bunny Grandma, 87. Oh yes, you're right. Oh, what a legend. So I know that there's a lot of different, predominantly women, but not always, a lot of different people listen to this and a lot of people are, are listening to this and having a wide range of experiences with relationships. And what I'd like to acknowledge is that I've experienced relationships in a wildly different way as I age. Mm. And I remember, I, and I don't know if you remember, is as a teenager, like, oh God, your, your first loves are just like, oh, my God, it's just all-encompassing, so intoxicating, mm. more intoxicating than this Aldi wine, if that's <laughs> possible. That's possible, mate. Yeah, but, it, but I just remember just feeling everything and mm. could not think about anything else. And when that love was kind of – it was exchanged, like, in this way that was, like – it was mutual. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to talk about sex. That's gross. But I'm saying, like, when the boy liked me back or the girl liked me back or whatever it was, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. There's never been a love better than this. And I felt – like nothing else mattered in the entire world. Even when it wasn't mutual, which is fine too. <laughs> yes, Claire. You can have that crush on Gigi. I no. did. It is like, definitely not your baby. I just remember, you know, those the, that that kind of really, really intoxicating infatuation bit. Oh, where, yeah. Like I remember, so for example, Daniel Housie, shout out to Daniel Housie. I know you're still in Australia. It's okay, I'm a married woman. Um, <laughs> he was in year eight and I loved him so much that I wrote poems about him and mm. he didn't know my name. And one time he came to my house, didn't talk to me, didn't look at me with a group of other people, ate an entire jar of Nutella, left the dirty spoon on the bench and I kept the spoon for a year. <laughs> I feel like you've told me that story. I feel like this story's been on the podcast. That's this is really? a story that has like punctured your heart. It's apocryphal. It is. It is soul-making. Yeah, but I, I remember – I do remember that. And I wonder, who, whoever he's listening, if you can reflect on a time where you did something outrageous because you felt connected to someone who probably didn't know who you were. And that's fine. I'm at peace with that. Yeah, obviously. You've not only brought it up 19 times today. <laughs> I don't know. So what, so what we wanted to navigate is the good and the bad, the painful and the lovely and how they've made us. So, Bron, let's unpack some embarrassing relationship moments. Tell me about Dean, mate. Oh, okay, great. So, as a boy in high school, um, and I really, I remember like, as we were putting this podcast together, um, you asked me about embarrassing things, and I really had to find this. <laughs> but it is, like, it was, I think it took me a while to find because I buried it so deep. So, this boy in high school, I was in year nine, he was in year 10. Ultimate power play, okay? He was the older man. He probably had more hair on his face than me. <laughs> probably not, but there's a chance. Anyway, I was like, I thought he was the most handsome bloke that had ever been. And for whatever reason, he gave me some attention and I couldn't cope with it. I was like, oh my God, this is it. 
and I had to go on year nine camp and he obviously had already been through it and he said whilst you're away write me letters and I'll write you some and we hadn't cemented our relationship Claire do you remember that at the start of a it was like so tenuous oh and you're like am I his girlfriend are we going out like is it happening like are we married I don't know but how <laughs> marriage works but I I do but I remember going on you know in camp and just the entire time like was this actually quite an extraordinary experience but the entire time I just thought about this boy Dean and I thought about him endlessly and I talked about him and people would have been sick to death of him and I wrote letters after letters after letters for him and then he when we got back and I had saw him the first day back he came over and he was like oh my god it's really nice to see you and he gave me two letters Ooh, and these two no. letters I was like I, I, I knew I knew as he handed them to me that I was going to read them like back backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards until the paper dissolved <laughs> and then um it does happen when you lick it that much <laughs> like I would have rubbed it anywhere and I gave him he was like did you have a letter for me and I had accidentally uh written too many and I gave him this bucket of letters that just he was like oh my god all these from your year nine camp and I was like I'm so sorry I'm Dostoevsky (laughs) that's okay and then I read the letter that he wrote me and it said oh I'm really excited that we're going out now P.S. We're definitely going out now. So this was, he wrote this in a time where I wasn't a psycho. And then when I came back, I revealed that I was a fucking psycho. (laughs) And then after that, he did not talk to me again. So I ruined it. I smothered it. I smothered it. And that taught me to show no love to anyone. And it has permeated through you 34 years, mate. Yeah, I'm a great (laughs) mum. <laughs> so mine, mine, my, the one that stuck out with me was being seventeen and in Melbourne, and living with my first love, and he tried to break up with me. What? I know how dare you? What? Speak it. Seventeen, I'm the most mature woman you'll ever meet. Let's get married. <laughs> and I dealt with it by telling them, he, telling him he couldn't. And mm, then he tried to run away from me. Physically. 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 <laughs> it was night time. And I remember vividly this beautiful tall man, like running out of our shitty Brunswick share house, pelting down the street and chasing him. Oh my God. I chased him. I chased him. I also wasn't wearing any shoes. <sighs> and I don't know what I was yelling, but it was like, I love you. We're meant to be together. And he was he way taller with longer legs than me. And so he outran me. Oh, great. And do you know what I love in that story? I, I love many bits. My desperation. But, yeah, I do love that. But one thing I really love is that you cho- the adjectives you chose for him were tall, lovely. But what you should have, what you should have used Running away. was terrified. <laughs> And miserable. <laughs> That's probably more accurate. But good for you. We tell Lovely. our own stories. Yeah. This madly in love man running away from me. He was running away from his heart. Yeah, he didn't know what was good for I'm him. I'm sorry, boy. Oh, it is. Look, it is. We do weird things. We don't know. You don't know. No. And, as, and now that we're older, 
we know a little bit more. And we also right? know about the way our brains develop, right? Like we are not fully formed physiologically human beings until we're in our mid-20s. Our frontal cortex doesn't develop enough to make good decisions oh until we're in our early 20s, which is why we have things like a youth justice system because we recognize that people yeah. who are young can't actually make fully formed good decisions because mm. we are not equipped to do it. And yet we as teenagers think that we can find the loves of our lives. Oh, and I get it. Look, I remember being that young and just being like, I, I know what's going on. You've told yeah. me what to do for ages. Parents. Parents. Yeah, someone. <laughs> yes. Dolly magazine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you confidential section. <laughs> I used to rip it open. Oh my god, it was oh, so, so riveting. Just, just already it made you like excited. You're like, that's enough for me for the day. <laughs> I've ripped it open. But I do I, I just remember it's just you're just desperate for power. And that's yeah. what you see with any kid. Any kid is just desperate for power. I don't know if it's so much power. I think I think it's a attention. I think it's being seen and just like the idea that someone would see you and like who you are as you are, that was the really intoxicating bit but you you don't want anyone to like when grown-ups go oh young love wasn't that a kid oh, the dick? so like, like, you, you don't, don't understand me no sam george's and i are going to get married <laughs> this is the depth of our love oh my god you don't know you've never been this in love before you idiot and you know what it's kind of true because us as cynical old ladies look back on that and we we do belittle it but at the time, it was oh. totally, it was all encompassing. Oh my God. It was just everything. It was the best. It was the, best. the best. Oh the my best. God, the, the best. best. Let's be teenagers again. No thanks. So gorgeous. I hated so it. So vulnerable. Old. Never be teenager what again. about the really lovely bits, mate? And they're worse. <laughs> I remember getting a mix CD that a boyfriend made me. And it was, I, I listened to every single song and again and again and again. And on the front of the CD, because we had to burn CDs when you mm. put them in a computer and burn them, he'd written my name again and again and again. Like, Claire Coke. I saw that. And I remember seeing that. Did you I did see remember that. It? Yeah, I remember yeah. listening to that Because you wore it to school every day as a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my earring, Bron? Where's the other one? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is my new engagement ring. It's one of very many I will receive in my life. It's a hobby. You get one. <laughs> so mix I got mixed CDs from people, but I really I found them very unnerving. Mm. And this is where we have differed like on a number of things that we will not be the same, Claire. It's like our life is a Y and the stick of the Y was just a short thing and the Y <laughs> went for a very long time, you yes. know? That's called a metaphor. <laughs> The, the best one you'll ever hear. You're welcome. <laughs> but I do like I re, I I remember getting mixed CDs and feeling weird that they thought about me that much. <sighs> See, I didn't like that. I didn't like how I was like, why? And then, like some of the songs on them were too much. Oh, give me an example. Oh, I don't want to, but I will. It is this boy. <laughs> it, so this one boy I went out with who was. Um, uh, more into it than I was. Let's just say that. Oh, yep. And See, I he... never had that problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're fighting for everyone's rights, mostly your own. <laughs> exactly. But he, he gave me this CD, and there was one song that was said, it was called Where Is My Boy? And it was by Fault Line and Coldplay. And it was real. it's actually quite a beautiful song, but the fact that he was 
he had decided that was the song for me to uh, think for you to for think about yeah, him. it was it was saying this is what you will think when you will listen and i hated that oh, i was like get off that's me mate gross. yeah look i didn't like it and i like all these other ones that were it felt like someone was saying this is how you feel this is how you feel this is how you feel and i probably would have done the same thing if i cared enough about someone at that age to do it <laughs> but i didn't <laughs> But I, so I knew what he was doing. I felt it was manipulative. Yeah. Mixed CDs are manipulative, and that's final. And that's that is that I I adored them. You loved that manipulation. I loved, them. I loved it. It went right to my funny bits. But how about the bad bits, mate? I mean, I think we learned from the challenging times. What what have you learned about yourself and love across oh, the years? Oh gosh! And I know we we are trying to make this about COVID a little bit because we're trying to be relevant. Good for us. But I do so. But this this is one thing that I have noticed in my past is I will stay in relationships because I feel sorry for them. Ooh. And that's bad, isn't it? I think it's a bit bad. It's so bad because if I went out with someone and they stayed with me, because <laughs> I felt sorry. Which also, I've never... Shout out to your kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if I ever chased someone down the street... For example. If I chased them down the street and I was like, come back, come back. And then he... Kept, what would you do if Boyan turned around and was like, hello, yes, I finally, I'll stay with you. What would you like, have done? Yay. Oh, my God, I'd be... locked down. <laughs> I don't want... The pity is not a good reason to See, stay with someone. I didn't someone. have great self-esteem back in those days. No one really did, but you're... I feel like you're experiences with bad relationships probably beat mine well done thank you finally i win at something <laughs> you win this round Claire. so yeah my my bad bits actually super important for my identity and who i am now because my worst bit was with a really dangerous man mm. and that was after you know a trajectory of relationships where you know there were some really problematic power relationships and definite discrepancies in age and things like that but nothing that kind of went into behavior that was harmful and then I met this one man who I reflect now love bombed me for you know if you want to talk about kind of relevant behaviors that we understand now what does love bomb mean it's where an emotionally manipulative person just showers you with with really really romantic behaviors in a way that makes you feel like this is really important this is really special yeah so i can see how for you who loves like things like mixed cds with your name written on it how a love bomb would absolutely make you weak at the knees it did whereas like for me a love bomb would make me vomit on your knees like (laughs) apply for a gun license (laughs) (laughs) totally and vomit on my knees so yeah, this, this particular guy, like, it, it, it accelerated quite quickly to the point where he was, like, verbally threatening me and um, I lived with him at the time and he'd do things like I'd get paid for my shitty cafe job and um, he'd spend the entire thing on gambling and then make it my fault that he did and to the point where he was quite physically violent and... It happened over months and years and I was quite isolated at the end, which is like classic kind of abusive behavior and so desperate for his love and attention and affection that I would have done anything to keep him. And 
I'm very, very lucky that it came to the crescendo that it did. And, you know, the police came to our house a few times. And and how did they come there? Did you call them? Neighbours called them. <coughs> Neighbours called them a number of times because he was so loud and so scary. It was oh a common... And we lived in a block of eight apartments in Northcote. And, yeah, it was... He was a really, really dangerous person. How long... <laughs> what was it? Like, what was the time frame from him this love bomb that you speak of to the yelling so i met i met him when i was god i would have been either late 18 late 18 if that's a thing or just 19 and it started so, straight yeah. away and I what think started straight away the, the, the love bomb. the really extreme affection and he was older i think he was about eight years older and he just seemed very impressive and then we had an engagement party when I was 19. Yeah, mm. like we were engaged. He bought me a big shiny diamond and it started my hobby of getting engaged. <laughs> cool yeah. hobby. Cool and hobby, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's a weird thing to say because this relationship was so harmful and so damaging, but it taught me more about myself and what I care about and, what, and it's shaped the very trajectory of my career and my life in a way that I don't know who I would be if I didn't have that relationship. Yeah, and look, I mean, like now you're fighting for people's rights every day and you're definitely super impassioned for vulnerable women and this is and, and women like people benefit from your experience, that's for sure. And we are all like I think everyone would be grateful that you have what you got out of that was um, the strengths that you did and the understanding and the knowledge and like you can you can empathize <clears throat> Sorry, you can empathise with women who are scared, but also had been love bombed. Like it doesn't. Mm. It's not a stupid woman who is in no, a, a terrifying. It's so easy. Yeah. So, but but I also like well, this is a, this is a great part about it. But the yucky part about it is that you had to experience that in the first place, mm. and I hate that you had to experience that. And I think the scariest bit is how clever you are. And how easy it was for that to happen. Yeah, and I think I think that's that really kind of harmful narrative around women and these relationships that, you know, it's a certain type of woman or it's a certain kind of inability to identify your own vulnerability or, you know, some sort of deficit in your intelligence. It can happen to anyone. Fucking anyone can be in an abusive relationship and they don't look like that at the beginning. They escalate and it's kind of micro steps along the way that make you more and more vulnerable and more What's and more a afraid. micro what's a micro step? Oh, just like I don't know, a really good example would be I'd like after I was looking in cafes at the time and and I would have a like meet up with a friend afterwards and he would interrogate me about what we talked about and then say things about having weren't my real friend. Like, and in these really oh, insidious ways that would undermine me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and, and then the only thing I could ever talk about was him because he was the centre of my identity and he did things. And I, I think an important thing to recognise is that they these it isn't a conscious thing on his part either. It's not like yeah. he's calculating this kind of plan to do this thing. It's, it's just very, it's as much about his socialisation. It, it's his cannibal for it, but it's as much about his socialisation socialization as it's about mine where he's just learned along the way how to manipulate people and how to treat them in a way that gets what he needs out of it. But 
like those tiny little things along the way which you know if you isolate them they don't look too bad but then you put them on a pattern of behavior and at the end of that relationship I had no one like mm. I, I had very very few friends yeah who'd hung around because they were all either I hadn't talked to the ages or they were sick to death of it Oh, God. And for someone who loves the love bomb, it would be so easy to just keep going back to the love bomb bit yeah. for you to be like, no, but the time, that, like, I know he's being mean to me now, but the time that he love bombed me, it was so nice. And maybe he'll, that will happen again. And look at this enormous diamond ring on my finger. And like he used to, like weird things, like he used to write the most beautiful letters, like pages and pages and pages of these really beautiful letters and, you know, in context, they're, they're scary, but you look at them in isolation, they're some of the loveliest things I've ever received. Yeah. Like, there's, that's what makes these things so dangerous is because when you break it down to the moments, it doesn't seem that bad. Mm. And I do think, like, and bringing back to COVID, which is kind of what this episode is about, relationships and COVID, those relationships, those damage, those like kind of troubled relationships or dangerous relationships that are happening right now, COVID would have amplified them enormously, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh, just on the data going to women who are unsafe in their homes. And this is a really scary thing. Like government and the community has said to everyone, <coughs> you not only are safer in your homes, you owe it to each other to be in your homes. And for yeah. so many women and children, that has been the opposite of the truth. In fact, we've had we've seen a really terrifying acceleration in family violence in Australia. And what's even scarier is that we've seen a parallel decrease in the women who are reaching out for help because yeah. they are trapped in their homes with a dangerous person and all of those lifelines they had you know, going to the shops or going to the hairdresser or just going to school drop-off and pick up where they could talk about what they were going through or they could find a moment to call a service. They're gone. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, men, and I'm talking specifically about men because it is mostly men who are perpetrators. It's an uncomfortable reality, but it is unequivocally the truth and the data. Men who are perpetrators tend to use reasons in their lives to escalate their violence. And so... I guess for everybody out there who is not in a safe place right now, like there are lots and lots of services out there. 1-800-RESPECT is a great one. There's lots of outreach services in Victoria. You can call, for example, the police. You can call anybody and they will hit you into services that will help you. But, you know, we, we know that you're out there and we know this is a fucking horrible time. And And it's not your fault. No, it is not your fault. You have done nothing wrong. You are... You are a person, and I, I, I have a problem with the word victim, but you are a person in circumstances that are beyond your control, but you, ha- you, can, you can leave, and there, we will help you leave. The services are out there to help you leave. But looping back into COVID and why we're doing these episodes, Bron, where were you and your partner at the beginning of this? Pre-pandemic, pre-lockdown, pre pre-global disaster sure. what did it look like okay yeah fine um he we were busy like we were super busy mm. i mean i had lucas was he works a lot and he's got a very strong work ethic so he mm. he never he, he will not go he will not clock off until the work is done which um in a lot of regards is great because it means that he will not He'll keep a job. I mean, that's good, right? It's great. Right yeah, now, it's good. That is very good. But, I mean, other like, – like, you know, for a while there he was at uni. For a really long time he was at uni. And so the days were really stressful for him. And then 
ah, I guess I had to do all the heavy lifting at home, mm. which most women do, most mums do. Doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it okay, but it, that's just how the relationship happened. But then because I'd started comedy, I was out, or you know, maybe four nights of the week, um, which meant that we'd see each other like very like in tiny little like um, like kind of bursts of time, you know, maybe 10 minutes here, maybe 20 minutes there, maybe 40 minutes at some stage. And those moments were always administration. Mm. And that is very unsexy, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care how many knots Edie has in her hair when I'm going to bed. Like, and he's like, oh, Edie's hair is so messy. I'm like, cool, love you. He's like, it's, it's like, it's not a, it wasn't a sexy time. We were no. so busy. We were running off our feet. We were like trying to do all these things because we are like, you know, we're young. We're like, cool. This is the time where you like, you get in there and you get involved. And this is that weird thing where it's like, there's the individual and there's a relationship. And what the individual needs is one thing, but what the relationships is, a comp- what the relationship needs is a completely different thing. And I think uh, before COVID happened, we were navigating that the best we could, but probably not very successfully. And you guys have had challenges with kind of communication and division of labor in the past, right? Yeah, because you know, like, because he did a he did a he did an MBA. He did his MBA, so he was at uni flat out, and he was at work flat out, and he was stressed, and also, you know, like all of these things, and he worked so 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 hard, but also I worked so 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 hard at home, and what raising that happens, raising the children. But what that hap- what happens then is resentment happens. Like I get annoyed that he is not at home, and then he will come home, and then he'll get annoyed that I'm annoyed because. You know, like in this, I can understand, like logically, this makes sense. I'm like, oh, I can see why you're annoyed. Oh, I can see why you're annoyed. But when you're in it, when you're you're immersed in it, when you're drowning in that fucking mixed CD of resentment, (laughs) you are. Yeah, exactly. But you can't, you can't, you can't like them. No. And that was hard. And I'm glad. I'm so glad we we are not in the MBA bit anymore. And um, because that was really that was not a good part. That was not a good chapter. But going into COVID uh, changed a lot of things. Mm, For us, it was similar going into COVID. I think that the balance of our relationship was really off in terms of division of labor and, you know, just, just being ships in the night, right? We were exactly like you described transactional. We, Mm. we, we moved in spaces that were about getting what we needed in the situation and the bits of us that loved and appreciated and enjoyed each other were really, really fleeting. And, you know, like, I think that you picked up on a really important point that, it's so easy to focus on that moment of disappointment or resentment or hurt or harm and just be like, this is fucking everything we are. And then you step back and you look and you're like, oh, actually, in the context of our whole relationship, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so now we have, we're, we're at a point where the restrictions are lifting. Life is going back to normal, right? Our kids yeah. are going back to school tomorrow. We can leave the house. We can leave the house. We can have conversations with friends, but don't touch them. Yeah, exactly. No human contact. Don't, <gasps> don't touch me, children. And one of us is happier with her partner than she has ever been. And the other one is starting to navigate life as a newly single parent and their partner has moved out for good. Signed a 12-month lease. 
Who is who, guys? Dun dun dun! Cliffhanger! Jump the shark! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so you guys, we are going to release this episode and then the next episode, episode 10. Oh my god, I can't believe we're at 10. We are going to reveal whose relationship survived COVID 19 and whose perhaps did not. Stay tuned. Tune in for next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. Sorry we're drunk. Sorry. Love you guys. Bye.